Tuesday Night Mystery Club. Hello and welcome to the Tuesday Night Mystery Show, a show where I tell guests a mystery story and they try and guess the solution. I am your host, Caitlin McCluskey, and today I am joined by my cousin Alana and her roommate, Christine. Hello, guys. Hi. <laughs> so, so we have to get this. I'll get at this off my chest early. Um, we have record, quote unquote, recorded earlier this week, uh, but I forgot to hit record, and so we went through a whole story. And Alana and Christine guessed completely the right answer to the story. Like they were dead on on like motive, opportunity, everything. And at the very end, realized that I had not been recording the entire time. <laughs> So they have graciously said they'll come back on. And so we're doing a, a short story from the same uh, Agatha Christie book called The Labors of Hercules. And so the it's kind of perfect in that the short story collection is all Hercule Poirot doing these kind of ridiculous tasks or mysteries that fit in with The Labors of Hercules. But it, this is, it's so weird because I've introduced you guys both before, but now we, we have to redo yeah. it. <laughs> Let's see if we have better answers. I don't know. <laughs> so uh, uh, do you want to talk anything about your, your mystery experience? We talked before about Nancy Drew and true crime. <laughs> sure. yeah. um, mine, I guess, was just that I was really into Nancy Drew for a while. So mm-hmm. once I got basically the whole collection. Um, a huge box filled with Nancy Drew books. Um, so I went through a bunch of those. But after a certain point, I gave up because I found that every story ended up kind of being, being the same. same. Yeah, yeah. Well, I same with different happened. characters. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I love that. Um, haven't really been reading novels <laughs> since, to be honest. I think that might have been like 2012 or 2014 or something like that. Yeah. Um, but the last time that we recorded, I had a lot of fun. So I feel like I might get back into reading. <laughs> there you go. That's the real mystery experience. <laughs> Agatha Christie. Yeah. I think she may have some audiobooks, definitely, right? Yeah, definitely. There's a um, there's a podcast called, I think, Phoebe Reads a Mystery. And she'll do, I think she does like a chapter a day of different mystery books. And so they have like Agatha Christie books that she's reading the chapter. So if you're in, I don't know, I guess it's kind of just an audiobook at that point. Um, but that's one that I've seen. Is there anything you guys want to say about the last recording? Hmm. I think <laughs> it may have biased how we're gonna how we're gonna look at this book because it's the same detective Poirot. Yeah, and we looked at the character list. It looks like there's about double. There are yeah. There's definitely more people. This one, I think the last so the last story we did. I won't give it away because now I've read it and I could do it with someone in the future. That's and then the, and then everyone will see how excellent you guys were at guessing. We'll make sure to bring it up. <laughs> but uh, that one was very, um, I think, classic murder mystery. It was like small town, uh, everyone knows each other, that kind of thing. This one is a little bit more, um, like ext- not extravagant, but kind of ridiculous, maybe <laughs> like less um, less likely to happen. Like I feel like husband poisoning his wife like that's a that's a common story theme this one's a little bit more um out there but we'll get into it i i still think i yeah. i would really i'm looking forward to hearing you guys opinions on it though or, or like your thought process i think will still be okay. interesting yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm scared. i feel like i'm excited but i'm also i'm i'm worried that we're not gonna get it you know to like as well as we got the last one 
Yeah, I feel like last time we went in so clear-minded. We, we didn't really know what we were walking into. <laughs> free balling it, but this time now there's an expectation. <laughs> we got it last time. And we no, well, that's, yeah, I want to I wanna preface that it is a different type of, like the, the structure of the story is different. So it isn't the same, but just you guys had all the right ideas of like examine all the characters, determine how likely it could be that they're they they're involved and then pick based on that. So I think similar strategy probably we'll see okay we'll see. all right we're yeah. ready <laughs> this, the names look a little bit more straightforward as well good <laughs> It'll help. so so last last time we tried to record the book was the sorry so again this is the labors of hercules short story collection and the idea behind it for our listeners at home because alana and christine now know already is that uh, the Greek mythology or myth of her, I don't think his name was Hercules, but it doesn't matter. We don't need to know. Uh, apparently he had been, um, I don't know, brainwashed or he'd gone crazy or something and he had killed his wife and children. And then to repent, he had gone to some location and performed 12 tasks that were these like impossible tasks. They were called his labors. And at the end of the 12, he was like forgiven or something or Whatever, that's the myth. So Hercule Poirot, this famous detective of Agatha Christie's, he hears about, like, he, he's heard about this myth before, but something makes him think of it. And he thinks that that's how I'm going to retire. I'm going to do take on 12 more cases, and they're each going to represent one of the labors. And at the end, I will retire in grandiose fashion. Mm-hmm. So last time was the, we did the Lernian hydra which was like all about rumors and this time the story is that was the second story and then the the third story was no good the fourth story this is a complicated name again aramanthian boar (laughs) and so i guess i guess hercules would have fought a boar and so we'll we're gonna find out what hercule poirot is fighting that represents this okay are you guys good yeah yeah ready (laughs) all right so poirot from again we we just did the second story the third story wasn't a good one but poirot ends up in switzerland in it so now for the fourth story he's starting out in switzerland and he kind of figures like why not take a vacation hang out for a bit um but he's in one of like the valleys between the mountains and it kind of is freaking him out making a claustrophobic so he finds a funicular or one of those like um uh like little not trains but trains that go up a mountain I'm trying to think where, where, like, um, uh, at uh, Niagara Falls, if you've seen those ones that go up the, the side of the hill. What's it called though? Something lift. <laughs> it's not a chairlift. It's not a chairlift because it's actually attached. Like it's more like a train. I you, Google it if you want, just to see what it, mm. what we're dealing with. Mountain train right now. I'm gonna do it too, just so I know I'm describing the right thing. Mountain funicular. F U N I. Um. C-U-L-A-R. Funcular. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> yeah. How many funiculars have you been on? <laughs> they, it's it's so you don't have to walk up a mountain or whatever. And it's I guess oh we won't get into the specifics, but a mountain train. Anyone at home can Google it if they want to know what it looks like. And so he's he's decided he's going to take it up. Not you can go all the way up to the top of the mountain, which is called Rocher Neige, 
but with a French accent. And it's, there's like a hotel up there, but Poirot doesn't feel the need to go up that high because like he doesn't need to get that far out of the valley. So he's just going to go up to one of like the halfway towns up the mountain. So he pays for his ticket. And when he does so, the conductor slips a wad of paper into his hands, into his hand, like, you know, in the handshake or you like, oh, yes. whatever, oh, yeah. the sneaky thing. Uh, and so that's immediately he's like, okay, what's going on? And so he waits, waits a minute to read what the note says and finds that um, a guy, someone is telling him that there's been like, there's a murderer on the loose. His name is Marascode, Mar- Mar- Marashode. How would you guys pronounce that one? M-A-R-R-A-S-C-A-U-D. Marascode. It's a lot of letters. Yeah. Marascode. We'll go with what you Why don't why not let's call him Mark? Yes. Not as not as cool a villain name, but just picture picture like a Bond villain name, but we're gonna call him Mark. Mark. Okay. Yeah. And so apparently there's been like intel that he is at Roche Neige at that hotel on top of the mountain. And um, he's hiding out there for some reason. And this, this note ends up being from the like chief of police in Switzerland who is friends with Poirot. They know each other because Poirot knows all the, all the police people in high places. Mm-hmm. And they say, we need to catch this Mark guy alive we want him alive because he's this like terrible murderer and um do it, there's also we have one of our our men inspector drew it is also at the hotel already so if you're going that way it would look great because no they won't know that you're coming but you can kind of just provide like an extra set of eyes mm-hmm. basically so paro you know paro didn't want to go that high but he's open for any for this friend of his right from the Swiss, switzerland police he'll do it so he kind of is looking around him at all the people on the funicular. So kind of beside him is this American gentleman. And it's kind of funny in these stories because they kind of go on about how you can tell that it's they're American just by looking at them because of the way they dress. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then once they start speaking, you really know because they're so friendly. And, you know, he has his map out with him or whatever, like those kinds of little details of like, oh, it's clearly a tourist. Mm-hmm. Binoculars. <laughs> Binoculars, probably. <laughs> and those dad hats. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Poirot also knows that because he's American and so friendly, at some point during this journey, he's going to try and talk to Poirot. He's going to try and talk to everyone on the in the car, yeah, train course. car, funicular car. Um, and then there's a there's an older gentleman sitting in the corner, and he looks very. Um, like strict and kind of he would never if the American gentleman American guy starts trying to talk to this older guy older guy's gonna cut him out like he's not he's not dealing with anyone and then there's three guys sitting in a corner playing cards and they they look like a bad lot is kind of how Poirot is describing them like he's kind of saying that they'd be the type of people who they'd invite you to play a game of cards with them and they'd let you win the first round but then they'd like get you to start gambling money thinking you're going to win and they'd beat you every time after that. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of, so that kind of like trickster thug mentality. Mm-hmm. And there's also an idea that they're, they do look like, um, they call them like race, racetrack thugs, like racehorse thugs. Mm-hmm. And the Mark guy, the villain guy, he's also part of that crowd. So there is this immediate 
these guys seem to be maybe like they're with Mark in some way. Or one of them is Mark the villain. It seems ridiculous calling him Mark. It's such a bad villain name. Yeah. It's much easier. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait, just to clarify. So everybody's just sitting together in this vin- vernacular? Yeah. <laughs> and they're going up to a hotel. But they're all... Basically. But he's, but he's reading the room. Right now, he's, yeah, he's kind of just describing everyone. Exactly. Okay, so cool. we don't know exactly who anyone is yet. Um, and then lastly on the train car is a woman who um, seems very severe. You might describe it. Like she's she's not interested in talking to anyone either and almost seems like shy. Like her, you know, head bent, not even looking around at anything, not looking out the window, nothing. Um, so of course, as as he had expected, the American guy starts starts to have a conversation with him uh, and tries to have a conversation with everyone. So dead on there. So they all arrive at the top at this hotel and the hotel manager welcomes them all kind of as apologetic and says that they don't normally get this many guests in June. So it's June now and that's the hotel would open in June because there's like less snow and you can, the funicular can run, but they're like busy season is kind of middle of July to August. Mm-hmm. So they don't have like their full staff. Uh, and I think there's a couple wings of the hotel and only one wing is open. The other one's shut up for the, for the season and will only open in July. So he's, he's kind of saying this, but of course they'll manage. They have enough food. They like, they still have the rooms open. It will be fine. And so at lunch, everyone is sitting in the lunch room, this kind of big room. And there's lots of little conversations going on. So the, there's the three rowdy, thug guys who Poirot thinks are they're talking about racehorses but it somehow seems like out of place or like forced like it fits their personality but it also seems like an act is is what he's saying and then the uh the woman is off by herself I think the the older guy is off by himself and then the American um comes into the room and he immediately starts up a conversation with Poirot and tells him that his name is Schwartz so Mr. Schwartz is the American guy. Okay. And, you know, he's, he's again, very friendly. He gives Poro his card and is like, anytime you're in blah, 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 little town in America, come visit me. Like, come say hi, that kind of thing. And Poro tells him his name is Poirier because he's taken on this false persona. And he goes, like, taps his chest and is like, oh, I don't seem to have any cards right now. I'd give one to you if I had one, which is mm-hmm. a total lie. But want to blow cover. Yeah, doesn't want to blow his cover and probably doesn't want to have to talk to this guy again. (laughs) So uh so that's going on. They also kind of I think Schwartz has found out the older gentleman is called Doc uh Dr. Lutz. And so he's actually a uh he's I think they call it like a psycho psychoanalyst or something like that. Like some kind of very famous doctor who was kicked out of Vienna. Cause again, this book's written in 1939. So we're right before, or like on the cusp of world war two. And so mm-hmm. they're saying he was kicked out because he's a Jew, which is, it's interesting because I don't think I, well, I don't know. I would imagine that the, like Britain was probably, there were people who were still also racist. And so there was probably a little bit of like, it was that time where they were, they were trying to be peacekeepers of mm-hmm. they didn't want a war to happen they were trying to work things out so no one was like fighting germany on 
were fighting the Nazis on what they were doing. They were trying to kind of going like, oh, it's fine. It's fine. And they didn't know the extent to what what Germany was doing with the, like what the Nazis were doing to these populations. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is it's interesting. I don't know. It's interesting to hear them talking about it in the book to be like that. He's he's been kicked out of Vienna. And so he's he's um, resting in Switzerland. So that's that's the doctor guy. And so I think Schwartz tells him about that. And I, he also, again, he's this like super talkative character. So he's also found out about the woman whose name is Madame Grandier. And she is, or actually, it's, I think it's the, the hotel manager that tells Poirot this, that she, her husband had been like mountain climbing one year Mm -hmm. and had died on the mountain and so she visits the hotel every year in springtime to i don't know pay homage or pay tribute to her husband and so that's what that's probably why she's so quiet or so kind of um out of things and so uh schwartz he tells poirot that he's gonna try and like cheer her up and like go over and talk to her and poirot says i think that's a bad idea i wouldn't if i were you but (laughs) Schwartz, Schwartz goes anyways. He's like, oh, what do you know? I'll go talk to her. And then he gets rebuffed by this woman who I think tells him off sternly and she's not interested. And so Schwartz, mm-hmm. Schwartz is forced to come back to Poro. Poor Schwartz getting shut down. Yeah, he's a little bit your place. <laughs> yeah, poor guy. Um. Also during this time, so one of the other characters is Gustav, the waiter. And so he's been apparently a very efficient waiter. Uh, He's been serving everyone and I think talking to people as well. So that day, you know, nothing, nothing else eventful happens. And the next morning when Poirot wakes up, Gustav is bringing him coffee and he confides in him that he's Inspector Druitt. He's gotten info from the Mm. Um, I think maybe like maybe the day before a telegram had been sent up or something. They don't actually explain that, but there's some somehow he knows it's Paro, and um, he tells him that there's been an avalanche and the funicular is now out of commission, and so they're they're all trapped up here, but also there no one can come up to them, so they're they're cut off from the outside world, and there's some idea that it's marks men or it's mark's doing that the this avalanche was started it might not be fully natural causes mm-hmm. um and then they kind of discuss who mark mark could be who this villain this murderer could be and so they're they're kind of discussing if it well they go through everyone they go down the line and kind of give give why it could be could be anyone in the hotel really Gustav um, and Poirot. Yeah, and so Gustav is Elias uh, Inspector Druitt, the police officer. Okay. That um, Poirot had been told about in that note would be would be at the top of the mountain. Um, so I won't go I won't go through their discussion on who it could be because I don't want I won't sway you in any way. But they have that I'll, they have the discussion, <laughs> and um, so so the first thing is that Poirot. Not the first thing. The main thing is Poirot is super confused about this location. Like he's, to, to who it could be, it could be anyone who this person is. Like if, if if they could disguise themselves, like theoretically they could disguise themselves as anyone. But why choose this cut off location where there's like no way of escape? Like if the police came up the funicular when it's fixed, how would this person get away? So mm-hmm. why why are they having this rendezvous or whatever it is? 
And so um, Inspector Druitt or Gustav has this idea of it being money, like they needed some way to exchange money between people or divide it up. But Poirot was kind of saying you could do that, like you could do that anywhere. Why would you pick this this spot specifically? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I still have more to tell you, but do you guys have any thoughts about any of these people or this location or anything like that? Hmm... I think I'm still taking everyone all in. Um, I have a quick question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who is Lament? Lem- what was his full name? It started with an L. I don't know. Uh, if yet. No, you're right. I know who you're talking about. Lem- um, or is it Mr. Is it Mr. Lutz? Or no, we not, not Doctor Lutz. No, you're right. What's his name again? Um, Lamentei. Lamentei. <laughs> Uh, so he is, he's that Swiss, the Swiss commissioner of police. I'm sorry, I, I forgot to tell you his name, but he's the guy who had written the note and had gotten it handed off to Poirot in the, the bottom, like the when he had first gotten on the funicular and the conductor, the train had like stamped his ticket and then handed him this paper. So Lamente is the, the chief of police, whatever, who had written this note, but he's not actually in I think he would be well recognized, so he can't actually be at the hotel. He's only able mm-hmm. to watch from afar, and and that that means not watch at all because that's at the top of the mountain. But mm-hmm. okay, and is it confirmed that Mark is a male, or is there is this just suspicion? They do have they have like um, um Inspector Druid had like a grainy photo. No, he doesn't have a photograph. He had a description of him. So yes, it is a man. It's a man. Uh, they do talk of again that could it be disguised as this the woman that is there because she's pretty tall mm. and she has a deep voice. But so they 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 give the idea that if you could disguise yourself, they, why not a woman? But he doesn't have a picture. He was supposed to get sent up a picture that day, but the funicular is out of order now, so he's not getting that information. Mm. Okay. <laughs> And they have that name confirmed as well, Mark. <laughs> Mark. <laughs> yeah, they they know they, this guy has like known to the police. So if, I think if I guess it depends on if the, like the certain police would know what he looks like. We're assuming that just you know there's no internet, so Inspector Druitt wouldn't have gotten. He would have had to. He's would have had to get up to this hotel too soon for him to be able to get the information. Mm-hmm. I guess this could be a loophole of like no, the police would have all this information. But for this story... <laughs> We're really asking the tough questions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the, the name is confirmed. Again, He it's not like he has to go by this name. Like, he, it could be a fake name. But yeah, the, yeah. how he's known to the police is Mark. <laughs> okay, okay, we get it. I, I don't think I have any leads. <laughs> Just taking it in. No, that's fair. There's kind of is is there anyone who you're kind of feeling drawn to at all for for and you don't know what reason or not even it's it's so kind of out there right now. Hmm. I feel like we don't know enough about the actual murder. Mister Schwartz is kind of interesting to me. Mm-hmm. He's really all over the place. <laughs> yeah. He's not really doing very much at the same time, and everyone else is pretty low profile. So Mr. Schwartz, I guess, is sticking out as of right now, but I don't okay. know much about him. I'm just sure. a jolly, happy tourist. <laughs> I don't really know why he's up there. <laughs> well, also, Madame Grandier. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
I don't know. She was really short with Mr. Schwartz, right? Mm-hmm. Pretty dismissive. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's quiet, kind of suspicious. I guess not suspicious in a way if she does have um, a legit reason to come back every year around this time. Mm-hmm. But that means that there could be some sort of like history and connection. Like why that spot? Oh, because yeah, like you were saying, right. why would they choose this spot? She oh. has a connection. So she yeah. said it, yeah. would, it would be totally normal for her to be there every year. Yeah, it's a really good. She has some sort of alibi. Yeah. Versus this um, doctor Lutz. Yeah, Doctor Lutz. 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 Is just there because he was kicked out of Vienna, and he's going to stay there until he's possibly allowed back in. He just he just said he needed like a rest, like it's like a vacation for him. So I don't I don't know where he's staying permanently, being kicked out of Vienna. Mm-hmm. But like that could also be questionable. I'm questioning why Mr. Schwartz is alone. I feel like he should have his whole family with him. <laughs> He's that type of person, yeah. That type of guy, you know, like kids, kids, get in the photo. Like, <laughs> yeah. I think I think there's some impression that he's a young guy. Like he's maybe like maybe doesn't have kids yet. But I agree. If he did, totally, whole family would be there. I would be suspicious. Why? Why is the whole family not there? Mm, okay. <laughs> Anyways, maybe he doesn't have a family. <laughs> maybe that's cool. that's completely true. <laughs> but if he does, if he suspicious. Does, yes. <laughs> okay. Do you guys want some more info then? Yes, yes please. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so Poirot that day, he you know, he's doing a little bit of detecting, just kind of asking asking some questions of people. And so he talks to Mr. and Mrs. Jacques, who are kind of the the cook and uh, maintenance people of the of the hotel. And they're there all throughout the the on season, so June to August or whatever. Um, but normally again in the higher in July, August, like when there are more people, they will have hired more staff. But these two people are there all the time. So it's normally Mr. and Mrs. Jock, and then they hire a waiter. So that that's Gustave. And so Poirot is asking some questions about how long Gustave's been there. And so he finds out that there was, uh, or Gustave slash Inspector Druitt, he finds out that there had been a waiter previous to this guy um, whose name was Robert. But uh, according to Mrs. Jacques, he had been a terrible waiter. Like he was just... He was no good at his job. And so no one was surprised when he had been let go and this new new guy had been hired. And so that I guess that's their transition. And the other thing he finds out is that there would be no reason for anyone to be paying attention to Robert as he had left, like to go down. No one would have seen him to the funicular. And so Poirot was just pointing out, okay, so no one saw him leave. And then he goes, he's like, you know, outside walking around. He's just noting there's a whole wing of the hotel that's like closed off. And he's kind of just saying lots of rooms to hide in. Mm-hmm. So that's this Robert dude could theoretically still be here. And when was he let go very recently? Yes. So I think the season's like just started. So he, Robert worked there for like two or three days at the very start of when the hotel opened. Mm-hmm. And then Gustav slash Inspector Druitt was hired less than a week ago. So Gustav has also not been there. Inspector Druitt has also not been there very long. So that, yeah, so that's new. Poirot walks by uh, the three thugs on his kind of walk around to the premises and he gets, you know, he gets bad vibes <laughs> from them. Uh, but he passes them quickly. And then he also kind of, he he comes into contact with Madame 
the woman what's her Grand, name again grandy <laughs> grandier yeah the madame grandier and uh she he tries to kind of strike a conversation with her being like basically oh the funicular being out of order i really hope it doesn't uh you know upset you too much and she she almost gives like a grump and like immediately turns the other direction and goes into a side door into the hotel so again not interested in conversation Mm -hmm. so so that evening again so nothing nothing more than that happens they're eating tinned food you know big whoop uh Uh, Par goes to bed and he's awoken shortly after midnight to someone fumbling with the lock on his door. Mm. And three, those three thugs, like the three guys, racetrack guys come in with razor blades and they say they're going to cut the pig detective. They seem a little drunk as well. And so there, that's, that's a whole thing. Luckily, someone comes from behind and says, stick him up. And it ends up being Schwartz who has a gun with him. And he says, all my friends in America said I was crazy for bringing a gun along with me. Oh, oh no. I should never try and do accents. <laughs> first time. <laughs> uh, first time doing a Southern accent on here, I think. And he, yes, we kind of was saying that the people back in the States were saying like, Oh, where are you going on a, on a safari? You don't need that gun. And so Schwartz is kind of going, look here. I like gun came in handy. And so they march these, the three guys to, um, like, there's, like, a closet that they're able to lock them that has no windows. Whoa, so they're holding them captive? Yeah, so they, they stick them in there. And then Poirot kind of is, is saying, like, he's asking what's going on. And Schwartz informs him that Gustav slash Inspector Druitt had been cut up. That he's like, oh, like, they, they didn't get to you first. They went to this other guy first. Um, so his face has been cut up. Luckily, doctor, they have a doctor there. So Lutz has like bandaged him up and able to like, he's kind of saying there won't, there'll be a bit of swelling and whatever, but I've stopped, I don't know, septus or something like some. Yeah, I think I've heard that before. <laughs> that's right. Okay, well, we'll go with that. So he's, he's disinfected or whatever. And so that's, that's, you know, lots happening at midnight. And then Poirot sees, he notices bloody footprints on the carpet. Or he, he doesn't say bloody, but they kind of look like dark brown, like dried. It could be dried blood. And they follow them to that other wing of the hotel. And in in they go into a, one of the unused rooms. And there's like, they first see like a tray of um, used dishes and stuff sitting on one of the tables. And then they see a body. And there is a um, a man on the floor who's... He's got like cuts all over his arms and legs and his his face face and like like head have just been like bludgeoned. So he's he's dead. Okay. And pinned to his shirt is a note that said, Mark will kill no more, nor will he rob his friends. Mark will kill no more, nor will he rob his friends. Right. That's pinned to his shirt. And so at this point we're all going, What is happening? What's going on? And I'm gonna pass that question to you guys. Mm. are we already at the end we are at the end that's the end oh yeah okay so this is exactly what i was saying of like this is not like this was not like the typical Mm. like last time we did the typical village mystery this is definitely not as straightforward and there's a a murder you ask a bunch of questions and then you try and solve it it's like okay we don't even know what's happening (laughs) you wanted to challenge us (laughs) yeah well i thought so i thought you know we we did the not I wouldn't call it easier I think these are all difficult but we did the the um like the not what would you call it the typical Mm -hmm. mystery 
And so this is kind of the out of the ordinary. I didn't want, I would bore you guys if I did the same story. Again. <laughs> Gotta keep us coming yeah. back. Super. Yeah. Lucky oaks. Um, <laughs> let's analyze, I guess. Who's <laughs> dead? <laughs> That's my first question. <laughs> Who's on the floor? Yeah, so it doesn't tell us. It's just a man. It it yeah, it doesn't tell us. It's kind of they have this assumption that they must be right that this Robert character had stayed behind in one of these rooms. Like that's that's kind of the idea we get is that it's not everyone else is accounted for. It is this extra person. And so they think it must be Robert. So Robert, Robert. And again, no one's name necessarily need be their actual name. What if it's Mark? <laughs> It, yeah, so exactly. So he could be Elias, Robert, and be Mark. Mm. Okay. I think so that's the idea with this this note pinned to him, yeah. is that his friends have gotten to him. Okay. And it seems like whoever's been killed has been tortured with the little cuts all over the body. Doesn't sound... It looks pretty gruesome. Yeah. Mm. That's probably how they got all the information on who... Po- Poirot was and I'm guessing Gustav as well and that's why he was hurt that's what I'm guessing and how did Mark know well I'm not sure who Mark is (laughs) 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 okay well let's think about the note what did it say again (laughs) okay the note said Mark will kill no more nor will he rob his friends right so that was so the last murder. Whoever's been killed, this is a this is either a huge message that Mark Mark's done for, or it's Mark himself and he's just dead now. Yeah. Like he literally killed himself, so and then he robbed those three men, possibly. Right. I'm not too sure why they they really brought in all these other characters. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting because we have all these characters and then we don't get to hear the reaction to the murder. You know, I feel like right. what was different, like with the other one, we got yeah, to hear about that's very their true. opinion on it and their, you know. That's, it's exactly right. Because it's kind of, this is happening at the end of the story mm-hmm. rather to the beginning. There's definitely some, there's some trickery going on. Yeah, I'm definitely thinking that it's not a one man <laughs> show. This is multiple people are going to be involved, I feel like. Mm. Because there's so okay. many characters, there's no way that this... This has taken some coordination. The the tra- the means of transportation to get up to the hotel has been cut off, which makes me feel a little bit suspicious of Mr. and Mrs. Jacks. Okay. Just because they 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 have such a, a big role. They know how everything operates here. They know the place very well. They know all the rooms in the wing that's not full. Maybe they want some more money. They're not doing too well. It's it's off season. They've had a rough <laughs> a rough yeah. show and they're trying to make a cut of whatever transaction's going on. It's a good point because money is like the big money, money moves people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> money makes things happen. You've seen good people do bad things and maybe that's what's going on here. Mm. Or maybe it could be more that they're just kind of turning a blind eye. Yeah, that's, too. that's true as well. Or maybe they're being threatened. <laughs> yeah. Okay. True. Yeah. Okay. Lots of possibilities. <laughs> so we should go back to the point of why there. Why specifically? Yes. Okay. I have that circled. Why here? And what is Mark doing? Like, why? What? What is the whole point of them being up at this little hotel in the in the Swiss Alps? Is is that where we are? Yeah, that's exactly exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Isolated place. Yeah. 
why did Schwartz have a gun? Why was he in the room? <laughs> there's, a, there's also that little little hole. Should we start making up a, a little, a, a full-on story? Or should we just... I think, I think that's the way to go. Or should we start cutting people out and then go with it? Ooh, that's... Okay, actually, take it back. Both good strategies. Yeah, we could cut people out. Let's cut some people. Yeah, there's two. <laughs> okay, so let's cut out the Swiss commissioner of police. Okay, yep. Gone. Lamentui or whatever. <laughs> I don't really know much about Dr. Lutz and Med- Madame Grandier because, honestly, I don't feel too suspicious of her. I feel like this is, she's on her anniversary of her husband's death. It's a tough time. Right, it's just quite suspicious of her, but I'm not. I don't know. <laughs> I am a little suspicious, but I I'm not exactly sure why. I can't think of why she would actually. Gut feelings are. Want, I don't know. Maybe okay. Let's think about this. Her husband died. Yes. Mm-hmm. Confirmed dead, <laughs> on the mountain. Yeah, but like some time ago, was it on the mountain or was it murder? Like maybe there's a story there that she she knew more about the real story. I don't know. I don't know. It it sounds like like the hotel manager and the Mr. and Miss Jacques, they do like they recognize her. They and they they're kind of telling the story, so they seem to know about the about the death as well. Okay. Okay. So that that does seem like a It's all pretty legit though. That seems pretty legit, yeah. Okay. Does she have other things going on? They don't know, but that specific story seems um to be the truth. Okay. In my theory I'm I'm taking her out. You can keep her in. <laughs> Let's though, I'm not quite sure. They told us he's a psychoanalyst. Mm-hmm. He's a smart guy. Mm-hmm. Good at reading people based off of his title. I don't know. I'm going to park him on the side. Should we talk to okay. three guys maybe? Mm-hmm, sure. I feel like they're a little bit too obvious. But yeah, they, they just connected kind of, somehow. They just seem like, what's the word when you just do all the dirty work for, for someone? Like henchmen? Yeah, they're they just don't seem like leaders to me. They're they're followers, right. whatever the all the little dirty work that needs to be done for someone of sure. power. That's kind of what I feel about them. So, do you think that they were listening to Mark? They were followers of Mark, or do you think they were disconnected? I do think they're associated with Mark. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> they knew to come in. They knew that Poirot was a detective. They knew to do something to kill him. So they would be they would be followers of Mark, but none of them would be Mark. <laughs> is that confirmed? <laughs> Are you telling us that confirmed? We don't know. It is that is something Poirot had kind of brought up. Of they have this the the race the race course thug vibe. Yeah. Uh, but they all arrived together, and so if if not that it was a rendezvous, but if it was a rendezvous, they've been together. Seemingly for days, or however long this journey took for them to get here. So why? Mm-hmm. They're tied together in numbers, and yeah, it seems way too obvious, though. To be honest, I feel like that wouldn't be very smart. Yeah, it does line up though. Little cuts everywhere. Razor blade. These guys had razor blades, and Gustav's face was cut up. So if you're just looking at the facts, <laughs> they had razors. Seem like they're yeah, they they probably evolved. Um, in some capacity. Okay, so connected but not Mark. Yeah. Okay. Okay. My <laughs> name. I just keep thinking of Mr. Schwartz, but then I also think if you're going up there to do something, you're not going to be super chatty and meet every single person 
and uh, your name out there. If like if I were to go do a drug trade or something, I was about to about to land millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. I definitely would try to keep a low profile. Right. And that's why I feel like maybe Mr. Schwartz is not Mark. But he doesn't have the right attributes. But I'm still very drawn to Mr. Schwartz. It's tough. That's exactly, yeah. I know what you mean. So he's, to be honest, to make it easier for myself, I'm just going to cut out all of the police, the members of the police. What if it's an insider job? It, it could be, it could be, but I feel like it would be so hard to know. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. So then if that's the case, then we're left with Mr. Schwartz. You just crossed off Mark. Okay. <laughs> because we don't know who Mark is. He's not a potential subject, uh, uh, suspect. Okay, okay. Because Mark sounds pretty guilty. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, so uh, we're left with Mr. Schwartz, Madame Grandier, Dr. Carl Lutz. Mm-hmm. And then Mr. and Mrs. Jacques, as well as Robert. So let's just make up a story here. Um, Shall we both make up a story? Also, someone is dead. So you will have to say who that person is. I think you should should decide on who that person is. Like the person who got bludgeoned to death in the room, right? Yeah. That could, could that potentially be one of, one of our, the people in the story? Or is, but I mean like one of the people on the, on the train going up. It's 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 someone in that list of characters mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. But we know Poirot's alive. We know that Gustav is alive because his face been cut out, but he's not dead, and he's being tended to by Mister Lutz, Doctor Lutz. So probably not one of those. Yeah, everything like right now, it's point. Everything's pointing to it's it's this Robert character because no one else would have met him. Yeah, but uh, to to that point, no one knows who Robert is. Okay. Okay, so Robert's dead. <laughs> Shall we conclude that? Sure, we can do that. <sighs> now we're that you then it's also I guess I guess the decision the thing would be yeah who's killed so so Robert yeah. and then um why? <laughs> okay, so it's it's confusing. It's very confusing. <laughs> so the note said Mark will kill no more. So Mark's been killing people and taking money. Yeah. It, yeah, I guess you get this idea that it's again this like racehorse gang mentality. So the people they're killing is to get money, and then they divvy the loot between this this like gang, quote yeah. unquote. So okay, what if uh, Mark is actually Robert, and Robert, aka Mark, came mm-hmm. to work as a waiter and was bad on purpose. Yeah, so that he would get low, get let go on purpose, mm-hmm. but still have connection to this and then have the opportunity to stay have the opportunity to stay and also come off as just a bad waiter a bad worker Mm -hmm. rather than a murderer so potentially he killed himself i don't think so okay okay i'm right up with you until until that part (laughs) to the legend to death i feel like it's definitely it's somebody else's doing Mm-hmm. So what if it was Mr. and Mrs. Jacques because they had something against Robert, who was just a really, really bad waiter. <laughs> <laughs> I think they'd cut him up and bludgeon him to death. 
<laughs> they found him hiding out. And they're like, no free rent. <laughs> um, okay, here's what I'm kind of thinking. So I, I like that. It's Robert. Mar- or the guy that has been in the room was the waiter mm-hmm. beforehand, Robert. And he's now been killed. And I'm thinking it's Mr. Shorts. <laughs> he had come up this mountain with the intent to end Mark. Right. And he's not a bad guy, Mr. Shorts. Right. But maybe he's been screwed over and and he's here to take revenge. How and does he know about Mark? I'm not quite sure about that, but <laughs> he's he's come he's ready to fight. He brought a gun. So is wait, is so Robert is Robert is Mark and Schwartz came up to to end Mark slash Robert. Got it. Okay. I follow. <laughs> what do you think? I mean, it's a possibility, but <laughs> everything's kind of possible at this point. <laughs> yeah. This, this is exactly what we kind of talked about of when you can latch on to what's going on early on, you can kind of piece things together, but trying to figure it out after the fact. Mm-hmm. Pretty hard. It's hard. It's hard to know, yeah, how does everything tie in? And so figuring out those little details of exactly like how would how would um, Schwartz know about Mark? Some like you don't need to have all the details. That's okay. Do you guys want me to? I'll, I can start giving you some of the solution, and then I'll I'll give you another opportunity to kind of see what you think's happening. Okay. <laughs> so so Poirot is able to. He ends up uh, unbeknownst to anyone else. He does this secretly. He heliographs down the mountain. So that's like where you use like mirror to catch the sun to do like Morse code, send a signal. Okay. So he does that to the, the police. And so they're able to clear the funicular however many days later or whatever it may be. And so they get up to the top and Poirot meets them because he's the only one that knows they're coming because they've been able to have this like signal message. Mm-hmm. And he's also been able to tell them what's happened. Because of course Poirot knows he's the the secret genius detective. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he tells them, I've found your man and he's alive. So that's, we, we know now Mark is alive and he's, he's one of the people. Oh, shoot. <laughs> We're right back at square one again. I know. I know. I know. I know it can. Okay. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's not necessarily making things easier, um, but it does. Yeah. Sorry. I don't know if you want to keep, if you, you don't have to keep guessing if you feel like you're, you're guessed out, but it is this idea of like, okay, so whoever this Robert guy was, why did they kill him? Because it's not Mark. Mark's alive. Robert's dead. Mark is alive. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> For all those listening, our faces are blank. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. So that's fine. <laughs> I'm glad he's alive. Are you? Why? We're going to catch him. (laughs) Okay. Got to compose myself. All right. So why don't you go back to (laughs) Mr. Schwartz? Okay. Yeah, I'm really stuck on Mr. Schwartz. I'm going to be honest. To be honest, I think he's just an American. I think he's... I think he's a a mass murderer. (laughs) (laughs) Drug smuggling, <laughs> horse racing. <laughs> I don't know. So you think that he's tied 
to the three thugs. He just doesn't sit right with me. That's that's what I that's how I feel. Okay, so let's go off of that feeling. I just feel that Dr. Letts has not had a big enough presence in the story to have a significant like he he I don't think he could be Mark just because we haven't heard enough from him. Okay. And I think Mr. Schwartz likes to pop up here, there, everywhere. He was in every single scene that we've talked about. Mm-hmm. And maybe this this happy-go-lucky tourist is just a front that he's putting up to seem unsuspicious. Okay. Yeah, it would be a good cover. And then also, he was pretending to, or maybe he this was genuine, but he was pretending to, like, defeat the three thugs. That could have been just, again, to get him off, to get Poro off the scent. Of to get them off the, his scent. And maybe the three thugs just have no clue that that Mr. Schwartz is Mark. <laughs> oh, it's like the leader you don't know. Yeah, they're they're getting higher up information and they're supposed to be finding mm. and cutting the police. I don't think so. So that so that Mr. Schwartz, which is Mark, is able to do his business and finish his transaction or whatever he's doing up in the mountain without without actually ever like anyone knowing his cover because that would be the best that would probably be the best move no one knows so then why did he stop the the three men from chopping up poro hmm. <laughs> <laughs> not not that he couldn't have i'm just like what what would be his reason for mm-hmm. this is why i think he's just he's just like an american tourist who just like to insert himself in every situation. Yeah. I'm thinking something went down. Something went down in that room. This man was bludgeoned to death. Yeah. Maybe by the three men. Mm-hmm. And someone had walked in, notably Mark. <laughs> and then everything happened after. Like a whole bunch of things went down between 10 p.m. to midnight. And this is the after effects. Right. But, but we just happened? need to really fill in what happened. <laughs> I don't know. Do you do you want it? You if you well, why don't we just leave it at like pick who you each think Mark is, and then I can give you. I'll fill in the blanks. Of okay. What has happened? So you think? I know you're. I'm. Yeah, I'm you can you can have bit different people yeah. too. That's fine. I think I'm gonna go with Mr. Shorts just because mm-hmm. I've been going on and on about him. The the gut feel, and then Elena. What about Gustav? Yeah, no, definitely he's a little sketchy. Is that your your gut feel right now? sure (laughs) okay so gustav elias inspector jewett and mr schwartz as or both the guesses for for mark and then we'll figure out what happened sure (laughs) okay okay so again it's always so difficult how do i tell the ending Hmm. so poro has just met with the police and he said i have your man alive and i think maybe schwartz comes into the picture and he's kind of going what's going on and they walk up to Inspector Druitt slash Gustav's room where his face is all bandaged up. And they say, and Poirot says, here's your man. <gasps> yeah! <laughs> that was such a random gut feeling at the end that we literally didn't talk about him. But then... That's uh, true. Okay. Okay, what happened? What happened? Why, Gustav? <laughs> yeah, so Elena, did, what, did your gut feel have any, like, is there any direction you were going with that? Or oh, it was just a, just a feeling I guess that we forgot about him? Yeah, a bit of a connection with Robert being also a waiter, maybe. Mm-hmm. The fact that he had been serving and talking with everyone, like he was keeping a low profile, um, but also still always around and there and knew what was going right. on. Yeah. Um, 
but I, you know, had crossed him off because I said anyone connected to the police, like, is right. probably pretty legit. But then at the last minute, I don't know. Just thought maybe. <laughs> you were like, that's what they want you to think. Exactly. <laughs> no, it's a good move to make him part of the so, police force, but not. Well, so it's 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 worse than that, is that um, it's not Inspector Druid. Well, one, it's Mark. But uh, <gasps> Inspector Druid is not Mark. There was an Inspector Druid. And it was Robert. So what had happened was Robert had been sent up as, or Inspector Druid had been set up to play this waiter part. And Mark had arrived and he was supposed to have these three bodyguards, these, the the three thugs, but they hadn't arrived yet. And so he kind of picks up on that. There's this police guy there needs to get him out of the picture. And so quote unquote, Robert wasn't hiding in a way in one of these rooms. He had been locked in one of these rooms. Mm -hmm. So, so, what Poirot thinks is that um, Mark had paid off the hotel manager to allow this to happen. And the manager had kind of, Alan had said this with the jocks, but it ends up being the hotel manager had turned a blind eye because he wanted money. Um, so probably wasn't involved any further than that, but it allowed this quote unquote, Robert slash inspector drew it to be hidden away. And then what Poirot is pretty sure happened is that someone tried to drug his coffee the first night he had arrived, but he had thrown it away because he wanted to know who was going to come into his room as he was drugged and rifle through his belongings, mm-hmm. which is exactly what happened. This person finds the note, they know who he is. And so the next morning when Gustav slash quote unquote inspector drew it as he presents himself, comes into the room, Poirot recognizes in him, not a police officer, but a criminal. So you had been a good waiter, Good criminal, bad police officer is how Poirot's like, you know, I would police officer recognizes police officer, detective recognizes detective. So he'd recognize that that's kind of what was going on. And again, coming back to the why this out of the way hotel, mm-hmm. Poirot thinks that what was happening was Dr. Lutz was not a psychoanalyst, but in fact, a skilled surgeon who was what we would call today like plastic surgery I don't know if that's what it was called back then and so the idea was that Mark's face was recognizable he was going to have his face changed by Dr. Lutz who again was like paid off so the face bandages was not because he was cut with razor blades made to look like that and I'm sure that's why um, Robert slash Inspector Druitt was killed to kind of get him out of the picture because he knows too much. Mm-hmm. They cut him up as well to make it look like it's part of the same attack. And then knowing who Poirot is, they also were going to attack him and get him out of the picture. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that's very clever. Oh, <laughs> I know it all ties together, but it's also that all. Okay, my classic surgery <laughs> that definitely came out of left field. I wouldn't have guessed that, but. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. I think I think you would have had to pick up on why did they just cut up his face? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would have been like the the thing to if if anyone picked up on that, they might go off of that. But if you don't kind of zero in on that point, then yeah, the plastic surgery is no one's no one's get anywhere close to that. That's a I don't know or guess. <laughs> and then the note. Can you explain how that connects in the note pinned to the guy? Mm-hmm. So the point, they bludgeoned his face. That's another thing. It's like they got rid of, they disfigured him. Okay, yeah. So you didn't know who this person was. And so the note that they had pinned him was to, now now people will think that Mark is dead. Or that was the idea. So kind of what what you guys were thinking too was of Mark is dead. Now Mark will know, Mark can't kill or Mark can't 
rob his friends anymore because Mark is dead. That's how he wanted the police to find it days later when the police were able to get up to um, get up to the hotel. Okay, that makes so much sense. That's yeah, smart. I know. <laughs> Sorry. That's pretty smart. It, it is. And it's it's fun how, yeah, when you look at it after the fact, everything ties in. But when wow. you're thinking about it before, nothing makes any sense. Wow. So the, the Jacques, just a cook and a maintenance guy, um, Madame, whatever her name is, <laughs> who clearly not important. I can't even remember her name. And Mr. Schwartz was just a happy-go-lucky American with a gun. Good guy. <laughs> I was hoping for more from the the maintenance and cooks, though. Yeah. I yeah. To be in on in on it, yeah. But I didn't know why or how. So. I mean, you were you were close in that the hotel manager was in on it. So it was this the need for someone from the hotel had to be turning a blind eye. Yeah, letting this happen. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's a good story. Yeah, I like that story a lot. Good, good, good. Agatha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm so. I'm glad. I'm glad you've come back. We've definitely recorded. I can see it ticking away. <laughs> Things are good. <laughs> Yay! Thanks, guys, for coming back for a second time. For a, yeah, no, the real deal. I'm still taking it in. <laughs> That's fair. I know what you mean. We should do some research after. Helps. Funiculars. Funicular. Hotel at the top of the funicular. <laughs> Look at the, the summary of the story. We'll try to see if it's real. <laughs> Based on true events. Imagine. I wonder if she did that. Cool. Yeah, that's really cool. I love hearing you tell stories. You're very good at it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you. Good. Because that's what I've been doing for the last year. <laughs> Do you guys have any other questions about about story or anything Agatha related? I guess <laughs> I don't think so. Okay, sure will come up though. I might have to message you after. Yes, please do. I've had that happen before. Um, <laughs> or I, you know, <laughs> questioning something. Yeah. Well, thanks, guys. Thanks so much for coming on. Um, for anyone at home listening. If, if you had a solution to the story that you think was was fun or was pretty close or or wasn't at all, but again, was just uh, was different than what Alana and Christine came up with, feel free to email me your solution at the show's email or on Instagram. So the email is TuesdayNightMysteryClub at gmail.com. And I will read your solution in a future episode because I think I think everyone would like to hear uh, more more guesses. That's kind of the fun part. Uh, and the Instagram is Tuesday Night Mystery Club, where you can also get show updates every week when shows come out. And if there's any kind of extra special stuff, um, giveaways, whatever. I think this is a good time to bring up. I'm hoping in April to do a contest for listeners to apply or enter on Instagram to come on the show as a guest. So if you're listening at home and you would love to to talk to me about a mystery and try try and solve it yourself, then Follow the Instagram that's coming up sometime in April. Haven't decided on the day. Pay attention for that. And what else is there? Oh, if you would like to start your own podcast, I I use a hosting service called Podbean. It's great. And if you would like to start your own podcast, you can get a month free using the um, URL podbean.com slash mystery coat. Excuse me, mystery club. That's my affiliate link. I'll put a link in the description. 
And if you would like to support the show, you can do that on Patreon, patreon.com slash Tuesday Night Mystery Club, where I now have character lists. So these girls were using, uh, they had a character list of all the names of the characters with a little bit of description about who each person was. If you would find that useful, then uh, that's at the dollar, dollar a month tier. So not difficult. Show your support. <laughs> I'd also like to thank my current patrons who are at the Inspector Gamash level, Shelly Sow, and at the uh, Miss Jane Marple level is Barb McLean, Michael Borello, Debbie Kravis, Emily Shilton, Alex Young Davies, and Sarah Outhwaite. So thank you all so much for your support. I think that is everything. Any final comments? Wow, that was fun. Yeah, <laughs> that was a good day exercise. <laughs> Guys, thanks so much for coming on. Yeah, it was great having, having you. Us again. Yeah, <laughs> and good night, everyone.